Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Well, Thunder and Lightning cost us some MSU baseball last night. That game canceled against uh, Memphis. It had some storylines, if nothing else. Braylon Skinner back in town, part of that 2021 national championship team. And you had brother versus brother on the mound, the Stinnett brothers, who, I mean, they look like a couple of Old West outlaws, so that would have been a really good setup. But, alas, Thunder and Lightning struck. No baseball for MSU last night. There'll be baseball this weekend for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and uh, maybe that's maybe that's a little unfortunate. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me on a Wednesday evening here. If you want to reach out to us here on the show, the text line is always open to you, 601-879-4395. Rhino down there in uh, Studio X, he's making sure everything works properly. All the right buttons get pushed. My job is to push people's buttons. Rhino's job is to push machines' buttons. I think that's I think that's how we're gonna we're gonna make that work. Uh, a little later in the show, in about uh, thirteen minutes, we're gonna talk to Charlie Winfield. He was the chairman of the Bulldog Initiative, the Mississippi State uh, NIL Wing. Get his thoughts on, on on you know it's been about a year since I talked to him, and when I first talked to him, you know he was just sort of getting off the ground with NIL and what, what he's doing over there at the Bulldog Initiative. So let's 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 get a, a a situation report. Let's talk to him and see where he's caught up. But we got to start with baseball because this weekend has the potential to be painful for Mississippi State as they'll travel to Baton Rouge to take on. They're now number two in the country, the LSU Tigers, uh, who preseason number one had been number one up until last week when they lost a series to Auburn. And under normal circumstances, you say, well, maybe you're catching them at the right time. Maybe injuries have caught up to them, and maybe you got a chance to go down to Baton Rouge and get a huge win. These are not normal circumstances for Mississippi State baseball. Far from it. Although they've been a little too normal these past, you know, two years, uh, as Mississippi State continues to flounder in the basement of the SEC, uh, tied for dead last, uh, would not make the SEC tournament if it were to happen today. Uh, they are a full game back of Missouri, uh, who will likely uh, hold on to that 12 spot because I, I don't know if, if if Ole Miss or Missouri is going to get the 12 spot. I don't know the answer to that. What I do know is I don't think it's going to be Mississippi State. Because LSU and A and M, I just don't see state. I, I don't. I don't see state winning another game, and that would be a thirteen loss, thirteen straight SEC loss streak to win the year, in the year after an eleven loss streak to end the year a season ago that turned into a seventeen loss streak uh, at the beginning of this season. Uh, you know, Scott Foxhall. Obviously, we talked about his dismissal uh, last week. Uh, now. You know, you, you, you hope that maybe you get like a little bump from that, a little juice. Okay, Scott Foxhall's gone, and we can do things a little differently on the mound. And instead, run ruled again, double-digit runs on the Sunday game. Um, Mississippi State Baseball is just not in a good place right now. Um, and they haven't been, you know, since they walked off the field in Omaha 
uh, celebrating a national championship. And that that's the most disappointing and the most surprising and the most inexplicable thing about this to me is that I think even the most ardent red and blue supporting Ole Miss fan would tell you that when State won that national title, there was a belief that, okay, that program is now poised to, to really put its foot on the accelerator and become the dominant program in college baseball. They've finally broken through. They've broken through that glass ceiling. Now they're going to they're going to run off some championships here. That was certainly the belief in the Mississippi State fan base. I think it was the belief across the country that Mississippi State had finally arrived to take its its throne as you know the top program. That you know they'd always had the fan support. They've always had the facilities. They've always had everything you you needed except that trophy. Now that they have that, the sky's the limit. And Think about, you know, the first game back for Mississippi State. Big crowd at Duty Noble to see the, the, the everything get unveiled. Landon Sims on the mound, you're all American. And they lost to Long Beach State. And since that day, it's just been... It's been the air completely out of the balloon day one and never never blown back up. That's That's what it's been. And this year has somehow been more painful than last. You know, last year you can make some, some comments that, hey... You had injury issues and, and this, that, and the other. And this year, it's just been, they're just not any good. They're just not any good. And at the end of the day, it falls on the head guy. You know? Yeah, he can't go out there and field the balls or throw the strikes or, or make the hits. But that's his job. His job is to, 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 to win games. And he hasn't done it enough this past two years. If State loses out, they will be six and twenty-four in the conference. That is a really bitter pill to swallow. Six and twenty-four. That would make them for the last two years fifteen and forty-five, which is thirty games under five hundred. No matter how anybody wants to spin it, it's thirty games under five hundred. You have to win thirty straight to be at five hundred. That's thirty games under. Fifteen and forty-five in two years for Mississippi State baseball. The previous two years, if I'm doing my math right. They were 40 and, uh, oh gosh, it's been 40 and 20. That, I mean, that is a, a, a stupid turnaround in the worst possible way. Kendall Rogers was on with us right after the uh, Fox Hall news, or like the, like the day after, and, and said that, you know, he thought it would be, I don't know if foolish is the right word, but he thought it would be very surprising and very, uh, maybe I don't, maybe foolish is the word for state to let Scott Fox all go, and then a couple weeks later decide, okay, we're also going to let Chris Lamonis go. And I question that logic then, and I question it now, because if this team finishes on a 13 game losing streak, if they go down to Baton Rouge this weekend and get run ruled more than once, which is a legitimate possibility with this LSU team and the way they're hitting, I mean. Do, do, does anyone listening, any Mississippi State fan listening, have any real faith that Paul Skeens isn't going to throw a, you know, what's the over-under on hits given up by Skeens Friday night? Three and a half? I would take the under. State's Friday night batting this this year has been awful, going back to the um, to the Ole Miss game. Ole Miss, Auburn, Arkansas, Tennessee, Arkansas State hasn't been able to put runs on the board. Getting on the text line. 
Jason, I was all over defending Lomonas until Saturday night, admitting he lost the team well before firing Foxhall. He doesn't know how to do it or what to do about it. Turned my stomach. It's it's kind of, you know, that's that's where they were. Lamonis has said a lot of I don't knows, and that's I mean that's that's a bad answer when you got when you got problems. And if you watch that team on Saturday, they did they did give up. They 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 tapped out out there when they got when that game got out of hand. When you have that many, not even errors, but just defensive lapses, they dropped five fly balls. You can't you can't have things like that at Mississippi State, especially. So what's going to happen at the end of the year? Is Zach Selman going to have to make a big boy hire here? Very possibly. I personally don't believe. I mean, once somebody's wrecked the car, do you, do you let them drive it again? We did this once, if you're a Mississippi State fan, he did this once with Jackie Sherrill. Bad year, okay. He'll, he'll, it was a blip. He'll get it back. Two bad years, well, we'll let him change some the coaching staff up a little bit, and that, that'll be what we need. What happened later? Two and ten. You take that risk again? You want to you want to you want to go out there and and play that game again? Everybody deserves a mulligan. But Lamontis won a national title. He was never in any trouble last year. He could have lost every game they played. But this was the mulligan year. This was the year. Okay, got to get it back. Got to get the train back on the track. Start moving again back to Omaha. Instead, you're off the tracks again. It would be a it, for for me. It would be a tough sell. It would be a tough sell to bring him back. I don't know how you're selling your fans on. We trust this guy to get things right. Now maybe he goes out and hires an outstanding pitching coach. Maybe he goes into the portal and strikes gold for two or three more guys, and you know he keeps the core of young talent: Hines, Jordan, Sinjay, Lofton. Those guys. He keeps them in place. Dome. And and you put together a team that you know looks like on paper it can compete next year, but the problem is I thought this year's team on paper could compete. They had the pieces until they didn't, and now you look around and you're staring another last place finish in the face. It's tough times at Duty Noble Field right now. We'll see if it'll. uh, We'll see what happens as a result of it. All right, when we come back, my interview with Charlie Winfield, chairman of the Bulldog Initiative. We're going to talk NIL. We're going to talk about what Mississippi State is doing on that front, how his relationship with the university has changed since Zach Selman's come on board, and a lot more. We'll do that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks, as always, for joining me here on a Wednesday evening. And as promised, the real power behind the throne now at Mississippi State, whether he likes that 
that title or not. Charlie Winfield, the uh, the chairman of the Bulldog Initiative, that's Mississippi State's NIL collective here in Starkville. And, and Charlie, you know, we we did an interview together for the podcast a, a while back. I don't remember exactly when it was, but from that time to now, when you talk to Mississippi State fans about the about the Bulldog Initiative, about NIL about what you're doing, what's the biggest difference in, in the level of reception and the questions they ask for you now to then? I think the biggest thing that you've seen is more and more of an acceptance and an understanding that NIL is something that we don't have to like, but an understanding that it exists and it is something we have to contend with. And I think the other thing that we're seeing is people are starting to understand that very good things are happening as a result, there's a lot of good deeds that are coming out of these NIL transactions, a lot of positive developments. And I think people more and more are starting to see that. And I think it's resonating with them. You've had to, you know, go through a change of leadership here at Mississippi State with John Cohen going out, Zach Selman coming in. You know, what's the biggest difference between John and Zach in terms of what they bring to the table with you and what your relationship is with the university under them? You know, it's uh, obviously I tell people I've known John since I was 14 years old, so I could write a book on John Cohen right now. Uh, we could debate how many copies that might sell. Um, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you this, um, Zach Selman has brought a, a level of energy, a level of excitement. His background is in fundraising, and he comes from Oklahoma. And you've heard me say this, and I think I did maybe before on the podcast when we talked, uh, if you want to find the states that are heavily engaged in NIL, look for the oil wells, look for the oil rigs, and you'll find them, right? And yeah. so we got a guy who comes out of one of those oil well countries, and he understands it, he gets it, but he's also very practical. Uh, Zach is a, a very dynamic leader, but he's not an emotional one in the sense he's very analytical, very, you know, he's always looking three moves down the chessboard. And I have been absolutely blown away by the reception that I've gotten from him and the the commitment and the level of understanding, quite frankly, that he has. And so I'm really excited to see where things are going to be going. I think about, you know, people who are on the fence, right? And the first thing that kind of comes to my head, and I'm not trying to paint you in the same, uh, the same light as Jordan Belfort, but you know, there, there has to be some, some salesman qualities in, in what you do. Cause there are going to be people who are just like, I don't know, or, you know, my wife doesn't really want me to be involved in this, or, you know, there are going to be people who are just straight up, they think that paying players is, is something that's it's still illegal to them. They don't, they don't understand how it's different. You know, how much of a salesman are you when you have to talk to Mississippi State fans? I'd like to think I just present the facts, Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's no, attorney because, at law, Charlie Winfield, talking with us here. Go ahead. Yeah, no, because the, I think the facts really do tell the story. Um, one of the things that I've worked very hard to do is to understand what the reality is around the country. Not the rumors, not the things you see on the Internet, but what is the reality? And the reality is that NIL is a very real force. And the reality is, even though people like to say, well, A&M tried it and it didn't work, um, you know, surviving a day of rain is one thing, but surviving uh, weeks and years of rain is quite another. And it's raining pretty hard at some other places. And so I just try to, one, be honest and tell people this exists. The other thing that I try to tell people is um, we can make a difference in what we're doing. 
everybody likes to say, well, we're Mississippi State. We're going we're gonna to be outspent. We're not going to have as much money. And they're right, but we never have. We've always had the lowest budget. We've always had the lowest attendance. We've always had, you know, we've got all these things that work against us. And we've never allowed that to be an excuse before. So there's no reason to start now to say that we can't compete because of this. Nobody wants to excuse a coach for going six and five because he has the lowest budget in the league. We can't let that be an excuse of why we're not going to engage in NIL. Uh, we, we simply have a choice. We can be involved or we can lose. Uh, I had somebody tell me one time they wanted to use the, uh, the phrase, uh, NIL meant not into losing. And, uh, I think that's where I am. I'm just, I'm not into losing. The process of NIL is kind of a mystery to the average fan. So, so as much as you can, Explain how how a, a, a deal is kind of struck in terms of th- does the coaching staff come to you and say, okay, we are interested in this player or we want to keep this player out of the portal. We want to keep him from going to the NFL this year. This is what we want to do. And then it's up to you to structure the deal. Do you, how much input do the players have in their deals? Yeah, so primarily, and this may send a shudder beer down uh, many spines when I say this, but primarily um, I'm identifying who those players are and then I'm reaching out proactively to them to, to talk to them about trying to make a connection with what we're doing. And obviously much like you, Brian, you know, there aren't many people who know more about Mississippi state sports than you do. Um, I get to be kind of in that similar spot because we're around it, right? Yeah. Um, it's not a matter of getting a relationship with coaches. We couldn't avoid them if we wanted, right? <laughs> we're going to see them every Zach day. Zach would probably, I'd rather avoid him, but yes, you're correct. Well, that's right here. I, I already brought the heat. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Now, now that, that is Zach Arnett. That's one of the reasons, man. You talk about why do you get up every day and do something? And you got guys like Zach Arnett around here, man. It's Chris Jans. It's hard not to be excited about trying to help those guys. And so the way that I try to help is to understand and to have some understanding of, hey, who do we need back? Now, I'll tell you the one thing that, that we're not doing and we're not ever going to do. Uh, around the country, you're seeing NIL groups that are targeting high school players. Uh, that's that's a fool's game. Uh, it is an absolute fool's game. The people that we want to interact with, the people that we want to represent the Bulldog Initiative are the people who have a, a demonstrated connection to Mississippi State who have the the skill set, who have the personality to represent what we're doing. And we seek them out, and then it's just an individual discussion. And, it, um, you know, you try to understand their circumstances. One of my favorite stories, Brian, a lot of people hear all these things going on about NIL, and they think, well, this is just paying players, and it's just buying an extra round of food and that kind of thing, or an extra round of drinks, what have you. You know, one of my favorite stories is I had a player – in my office who was faced with a dilemma. They could graduate and lose their Pell Grant, or they could find a way to change majors, do something to prevent themselves from graduating so that they could have the financial assistance that they needed to stay in school. We were able to do an NIL arrangement with that player who's going to do some things for us to get them enough funding to make up for their Pell Grant. Those aren't the things that make the front page of uh, SI.com or what have you, because they're not, uh, they're not outlandish, but it's a very good thing. And more often than not, that's where we're seeing NIL right now. This is probably the question you get the most, but do you feel confident as we sit right now about Mississippi State in the NIL era? And, and do you feel more confident than you did six months ago, 12 months ago 
uh, as, as to where you stand right now? Yes and yes. And there's a few things that go into that. If we were being measured by raw dollars, if we were being measured by how much money can you spend or have you spent, if you like to celebrate money out the door, no, we would we would be not evaluated kindly. But I tend to look at things another way. I, I tend to look at how efficient are you in spending your money? Um, how appropriate are you in the connections you make? And I think in that regard, we've been very successful. And I think that we're going to continue to be because one of the things I know about the, the staff and the people at Mississippi State, they understand that we've got a good foundation, but now we got to go vertical. Um, we need more steam in the engine and I sense an energy and a commitment and an alignment across the university, across athletics that we've never seen before. I am absolutely confident and committed. Bulldog Initiative, if you want to, real quick, you've got about uh, 30, 40 seconds. If I need to get in contact with you, if, I, if somebody's interested in donating, what do they need to do? Yeah, you can find me at bulldoginitiative.com or Winfield at bulldog.ms. I was in Birmingham speaking last night. I was speaking last week. I'll be happy to do it again. If there's a group who wants to talk, I'll be there. Charlie Winfield, are you the chairman? Is chairman the right word? We're going to go it with chairman. better. I kind of like that. The chairman. Better than founder, doesn't it? Yeah. The chairman of the Bulldog Initiative here in Starkville and for Mississippi State. Thanks so much for your time, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks, sir. Bulldog Initiative. Really appreciate him taking a few minutes out of his. And when I say busy day, that man is, is a busy. I mean, he is already a full-time practicing attorney who just decided one day, I'm tired of Mississippi State not having a good NIL program. We're not getting any support from the then athletic director. I'll just do it myself. And has basically single-handedly drugged Mississippi State to a point where they can at least be competitive and at least continue to recruit at the level that has brought them success in all sports uh, these past few years. So thanks to Charlie. Uh, I believe he's on vacation as we speak, so good for him. He needs to take a few days off as, as we go. When we come back, we'll talk a little football. That'll be exciting because we got plenty to talk about. We, I'm getting, I'm getting hyped for the season as we get closer and closer to it. Back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. Back here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. You ever miss this show? Or anything else, it's all available at the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, wherever you get podcasts for, from, or, of course, at supertalk.fm, which, once again, I will implore you to bookmark that website if you have not done so already. It is a one-stop shop for all the news that is uh, breaking here in our state, opinions, and, of course, sports for Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, high schools, everything right there in one stop, supertalk.fm. 
Good stuff with Charlie Winfield. That interview, uh, the, this whole show will be on the podcast, but I will also uh, cut out the interview and I have that available to you as well uh, on tomorrow's show. Along with uh, the Thunder and Lightning podcast tomorrow, I talked with Jacob Hester, former LSU running back, now the host of Off the Bench down there in Baton Rouge, ESPN 104.5, and the host of Off Campus on Sirius XM Radio, Channel 84, College Sports uh, Network. We talked a lot of college football and got his thoughts on Mississippi State. I talked about expectations a little bit. And then if you listened earlier today to Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, our friends out in the desert at Caesars have uh, released their over-under win totals for the year, had Mississippi State sitting at 6.5. So here we are again. I feel like we're here every uh, every offseason. Mississippi State not getting a lot of love nationally, and that's fine. Uh, Mississippi State has made a, a, a pretty good living off overachieving and off of beating uh, the expectations. The the number of people who had stayed at nine wins last year, probably pretty low. Uh, I know one guy who has a job on this network who not only said Mississippi State was going to go eight and four in the regular season, but predicted every win and every loss correctly preseason. That's a guy you need to listen to. He's sharp. He knows what he's doing. Also incredibly good looking and a good cook from what I'm told. So where am I with this year with Mississippi State? You know, first year of Zach Garnett, and I said I said this on the show on podcast. I'll say it here. My expectations are a little different without Mike Leach. Um, if Leach were still here, if everything were still in place, I might be willing to come out and tell you I think State can win nine this year. But I feel like with the changes that are happening and with Zach Garnett being a first-time head coach, I think one's going to sneak up on him that I'm not expecting right now. And that's not to say that he's going to suffer from the leech, you know, lose one you shouldn't lose, win one you shouldn't win thing. I'm just saying in year one, let me get through a full year and see what Zach Arnett, the head coach, looks like. But eight wins, is it feels like it's, it's very doable. Seven is certainly very, very probable for me for Mississippi State. So I would take the over on this bet for sure. But is that a fair expectation in year one? I mean, it's it. The schedule, you know, it depends on who you ask, right? Is it a hard schedule? Is it a tough schedule? Is it an easy schedule? There, there, there are sides to both arguments, right? You have eight home games. That in and of itself is a blessing, right? You have eight home games. Yes, two of them are against Alabama and LSU, but better at home than away, right? I mean, Alabama's probably a loss wherever you line up. Starkville, Tuscaloosa, Jackson, Birmingham, the moon, it doesn't matter. LSU... That has been a competitive series over the last decade. And uh, Mississippi State, the last time they played them here, only lost by three. Not a great LSU team, but only lost by three. Um, 2019, they got blown out. That was that great number one ranked LSU team. 2017, State was the one doing the blowing out. They beat LSU by 30 here. 2015, they lost by two at home in a game where they went for, they went, they had a game winning field goal go wide. That series has been a lot more competitive. So, as we sit here today on May 10th, yeah, I would predict LSU to win. I would predict LSU to be favored, probably by more than a touchdown. But is it just a absolute LSU walks in and it's a gimme game for the Tigers? No. No question. No. You get Kentucky at home. That's a team you lost to a season ago, but you haven't lost to them at home since 2008. That series has just, for whatever reason, has just turned into the home team win series. You get Ole Miss at home. 
I'm, I mean, the Rebels right now, I think they're they're about where Mississippi State's going to be. I have more questions about Ole Miss than I have about State, especially defensively. I love Dart and Judkins, maybe the best backfield in the in the conference combined. They're right there with Jefferson and Sanders for me. I like Jefferson a little bit more than Dart. I like Judkins a little bit more than Sanders. But the two of them together are great. But what else do they have? They lost some starters on the O-line. They lost receivers. Defensively, they were a mess last year, and I don't think they're that much better, even with Pete Golding, who I'm not overly high on. See, I think you can win the Egg Bowl at home. I think you get all four of your non-conference games. There's six. And then, you know, can they win? If they win, they beat Kentucky, there's seven. I got you there. There's, there's your seventh win. I guess I already had Kentucky in there, but still. Then it's, can you win, what, one? One out of South Carolina, at, at South Carolina, at Arkansas, at Texas A&M, at Auburn. Four road games. Can you win one of your four road games? Last year, state uh, in the conference was one and three on the road. They won the Egg Bowl. The year before that, they were two and they were three and one. They won at A uh, and M, at Auburn, and at Vanderbilt. Lost only to Arkansas in a game where they had the lead in the final minute. Very nearly a four and zero road team. That would have been a really impressive accomplishment. So, can they get one more win in there? Yeah, that's seven. Can they get two? I don't know how good Auburn's going to be this year. I don't know how Arkansas is going to be. I said earlier, I think Arkansas and Ole Miss have a lot in common. Love the backfield. Love the QB running back quarter combination. But what else do they have? I have questions. A&M, perennial underachievers. State's kind of had their number. Could win that. South Carolina, I, I mentioned this earlier on Sports Talk, but State and South Carolina have the most brutal stretch around each other. It's, it's crazy. State has two home games and a road game. South Carolina has two road games and the home game. The home game is against Mississippi State. So state that's the one that State's on the road. State has LSU at home, at South Carolina, Alabama at home. South Carolina has at Georgia, State at home, at Tennessee. Who did that to these teams? What did they ever do to you? That's not fair. It's not fair. I don't get that. But can they beat South Carolina? Yeah. That's a winnable game. It's at worst a toss-up as we sit here today on May 10th. Yeah. Comes down to do you believe in Zach Arnett a lot for a lot of these things, which I do. There, I, I thought Arnett, you know, I thought he might be a head coach this year anyway. Didn't think it was going to be Mississippi State, but he's shown over the past three seasons he's ready to be a head coach. And he's a guy who, you know, I think the early returns on him are promising from you know the way he's handled himself and the way he's talked and the way he, he he's recruited, especially you know the class last year holding everything together. I feel like the early returns on Zach Arnett are very promising. When you have, you know, eight, uh, when you have eight home games, you should feel pretty good. Jason, Jason is worried about that Arizona game. Jason lives out there in Arizona. I think, I think Jason's more worried about having to deal with his neighbors than anything else. At the end of the day, Mississippi State now running the kind of offense they're going to run. They're going to, they're going to out physical Arizona. If a physical can be a verb. The Arizona, the, the Pac-12 is not prepared for that kind of physicality. You saw it last year. The best team in the Pac-12, Utah, went to Florida, and, and the Gators were able to pretty much control the line of scrimmage. It'll be the same thing in Starkville. That'll be it. And I, I, I'm sure the conference will do everybody a solid and make that a solid 3 p.m. on a September 10th kickoff. So Arizona comes in to 90 degrees and 96% humidity. They'll wilt 
they'll wilt in the third quarter. Yes, State will beat Arizona. So yeah, is that fair though? Am I, am I putting too much on Zach Arnett in year one? Should I, you know, is is I talked to Brandon Marcello last week, and he talked about a potential emotional hangover. You know that the the the, the, the passing of Mike Leach might still linger over this team a little bit. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. It's a question I guess you'd have to ask a player. But I feel like by that point, if nothing else, they're going to play for his memory. I think it is a good thing for State that that first game is against Southeast Louisiana and FCS school because that should be an emotional day, right? My guess is, and it's just a guess, I haven't confirmed this with anybody, but my guess is they will do some sort of large-scale tribute to Mike Leach. First time everybody's been back in the stadium you know, perhaps, uh, you know, not a statue or anything like that, but perhaps something in the stadium that maybe, maybe a pirate flag could fly all year long, something like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but that'll be an emotional day, right? They'll, they'll, they'll put together a jumbotron package and there won't be a dry eye in the house. We'll all sit there and tear up. And then when, you know, the game starts, you're, you're playing a team that you, you physically outman at every position. And even your second team physically outmans them in every position. You should win by 40 plus points. You would not want to play Arizona first. Now, if they were playing Arizona first, I'd be a little nervous. I'd be a little nervous. Not in terms of state winning, but I think they could make it. Arizona would make it more of a game because I think they could play off the emotion of that. I'm a, I'm still snake big about the 2015 Egg Bowl and Dak Prescott sobbing there on the on the field and just like, how is he supposed to go play football after that? So, I always worry about those emotional uh, pregame presentations. Do it after the game. I'm, I'm with Vic Schaefer on that. All right, when we come back, a little basketball news to talk about here on a uh, on a Wednesday in May. We'll discuss uh, who is coming to Starkville. Big addition, a big, literally big addition uh, for Chris Jans. And for uh, we'll talk a little bit about Sam Purcell as well. The portal's been good to MSU basketball thus far this offseason. The Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Always glad to be with you guys on a Wednesday night. Big sports night for me. Got the Lakers Grizzlies uh, game five uh, later tonight, so I got to stay up late. I went to bed early last night. I'm an old man. I can't I can't do back to back late nights. Also, AEW Dynamite, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in a steel cage. Oh, I'm so there. I couldn't I couldn't be more excited for that. I'm also excited to announce uh that uh, we're going to get to play a song right now. So if, uh, Rhino, you could make that happen.
Chris Jans goes in the portal for the first time uh, in 2023 and brings back Jimmy Bell, who played for West Virginia a season ago. This is what I'm, I'm going to. This is how I want to explain this. Uh, shout out to Peanut. He knows who he is. Mississippi State went and got a player who started every game a season ago for a Power Five team that made the NCAA tournament, and they got him as the backup. He will back, He's a center. He'll back up Tolu Smith. Uh, was second on the team in rebounds last year. Uh, he's a center. So, you know, the, the shooting is what it is. This isn't the guy who's going to come in and solve Mississippi State's three-point woes from a season ago. But Will McNair has gone. You needed a backup to, uh, to, to Tolu Smith. You got one. And you got a guy, like I said, who started every game a season ago for a pack, Power 5 team, for a good West Virginia team. So that's a good piece of business there for Mississippi State. State's just not going to be too active in the portal for the men's team. They're just not. Um, they're going to bring back almost everybody. Deshaun Davis, back. Cam Matthews, back. DJ Jeffries, back. Shaq Moore, back. They only lost a few guys. So, you know, they're going to, they're going to bring back most of those pieces and run it back. I mean, that was a tournament team. There's no need to break it up. You just need to get a little bit better. Some of the additions you've made in the signing class with Trey Ford is particularly I'm interested to see what Josh Hubbard can do. We'll, we'll, we'll be that for you. So not not a lot coming. I mean, maybe one more guy. Yeah, Lucas and you and Tolu's coming back. All indications are that Tolu Smith is coming back. Uh, the NBA released its invite list to the Combine. Tolu Smith was not on it. So he's not even going to get to go to the Combine. If you look back the past couple of years, Stewart and Molinar went to the Combine. Tolu did not get an invite. So unless he is just dead set on leaving and playing internationally... He'll be. I, I predict him to be back at Mississippi State. You know, early returns are are, are are promising for that. On the women's side of things, they've been really, really good in the portal. They've added three players, um, and a, a, basically a combined uh, almost fifty points per game. They have a starting lineup that, when you look at it on paper. Is it probably a preseason top twenty team? Um, Aaron Barnum from Arkansas averaged about fifteen a game. Darian Rogers from DePaul averaged about fifteen a game, and Lauren Park Lane from Seton Hall averaged about fifteen a game, fifteen sixteen a game. Big time scores for their, their 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 respective teams. Now they're coming to Starkville to play for Sam Purcell. Everything we said about Purcell early in his career has, seems to have come to fruition. Knew he was going to be a great recruiter. Just had to figure out the coaching piece. I felt like as the year went on last year, he started figuring out the coaching piece, but the recruiting has been top-notch. Top 20 class coming in, and now a top, probably top 10 transfer portal class coming in. And you add those pieces with Ja'Kayla Jordan and, and Jessica Carter, you should be easily top half of the SEC and be contending to be a, uh, a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. I think postseason basketball is here to stay in Starkville for at least a couple seasons. I feel like both of these teams are uh, are, are, are in the right place, and the coaches that they've got are outstanding. Two well-deserved raises uh, for them, and both of those guys will be in, I think, especially Purcell, will be in position for a bigger raise a season from now when they, when they they you know, when you see the results of, of, of next season. So really good stuff. Like I said with the men... Another program tries to load Tolu. Tolu's not going anywhere. If Tolu plays college basketball next year, I would almost be willing to bet anything. Now, and I, you know, that's why I say almost. Things can happen. But I'd be almost willing to bet anything 
that he would play at Mississippi State. Uh, we talked earlier with Charlie Winfield. Tolu Smith is a Bulldog Initiative athlete. He has an NIL deal in place. My guess is it will go up in nature uh, this year. And Mississippi State, State's not going to lose Tolu to a, to an NIL deal. I don't believe that for one second. So, all right. Don't forget, tomorrow on the podcast, Jacob Hester from ESPN and Sirius XM College Sports Radio joins me to talk college football. And we talk about Mississippi State's offensive line, me and Robbie Falk. That's a, that's a good conversation. Hope you'll tune in for that. Hope you'll tune in to Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow. And hope you'll be back with me next Wednesday for another edition of Thunder and Lightning Live. I'm Brian Haydad. That's Rhino down there in Studio X. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I appreciate it. Talk to you guys next week. Mississippi Media Production.